This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I absolutely love, love, love our time together because we get a chance to talk about the most important issues that are happening in our world through the lens of Scripture. And such is the case today. Uh, Throughout this broadcast, we're going to cover a couple of things. One being the question, should the church address and get involved in the social issues, the social crises that are present within our communities? Or is the gospel simply about repent and be saved and preparing our souls for heaven? We're going to talk about that because that's been a real tension the church has dealt with for a couple centuries now, uh, but it's prevalent right now in our day and age. How involved should we weigh into things like human trafficking, predatory lending, gun violence like what we saw and my alma mater, Michigan State University, this week, this week, how much should we be talking about underperforming public schools and uh, abortion and so much more? Or should we just simply stick to repent, believe, be saved? We're going to talk about that, and I'd love to hear your feedback on that at 877-LIVE-675-877-578-3675. But before we do that, Maybe you've been hearing about another school. Maybe you've been hearing about what's happening in a small school in rural Kentucky. It is Asbury University there in Wilmore, Kentucky. I've been to Asbury, and it's a wonderful place with beautiful people, and it's a great school. But what has happened is nothing short of reports of revival. And I want you to get a feel for what's going on there. And so I've asked my friend Carl Clausen to join us. Now, many of you know Carl. He's a pastor. He's an author. He is one of the most passionate brothers for Christ I know, but he's also the morning host of Moody Radio Chicago of Carl and Crew Mornings. Carl decided he was going to go out there just to see what's going on and uh, what he saw turned into him broadcasting from there. So if you've been listening to Carl and crew in the mornings, you maybe you've heard a little bit, but I asked my brother, Carl, to come and join us. Carl, thank you for joining us. Can you just update us on what's happening at Asbury? Hey, Chris, man, it is good to be here with you today and just update you what's going on. I'm at Asbury University in Kentucky There's a revival here and began about a week ago, and it's been talked about around the globe now, and I can validate it is genuine. It's confession, salvation, reconciliation, healing. It's all part of what the Spirit of God's doing on this campus. It's amazing. It's breathtaking, frankly. It takes your breath away. And reports are already coming back 
of revival that's uh, little fires that are springing up around the around the world. So it's it's amazing. I think the most extraordinary evidence and you can hear some folks celebrating there in the background. I think the most extraordinary evidence of the touch of God's hand on this is that it's resulting in love for others. As I sat, stood, and even raised my hands last evening, I was amazed at the spirit of love. God clearly visits us in our weakness and pours into us his power so that we can reach out to others in love, and it's it's happening. You know, it's more than I think some questions that some listeners might have. Is this like an extended worship service or, or what's going on? It's, it's, an especi- it's a special appointment with God. It's like we find in Acts 4 where God touched ordinary men and women so that the world would, their response was they either wanted to kill him or they wanted to join him. There's a lot of people joining God today. And it's spreading. Line out the door is about 400 people long to get in as we speak. And it's building with every day. It doesn't look like this is going to be ending anytime soon. That is for sure. The church flourished then in Acts 4, and it does now, but one way, by the Spirit, says the Lord. And so I don't know how long the intensity of this revival is going to last, but the ripple effect, like in the 70s, is going to be felt for years to come. People are going to find lasting freedom and be delivered. Churches are going to be planted. Relationships are going to be healed. The blind are going to see. Churches will grow. Discipleship will intensify. And the lost are going to be found. And that's just what God does. And someone asked me, uh, what do I do? What do I do? And it's a great question. And all I can say is fall to your knees and let God meet you at your most profound and honest point of need. I know that God loves to inhabit the broken in our weakness he is strong Uh, last evening one of the roundhouse messages that was poured out um that was just absolutely amazing um and it was amazing not in that it was homiletically perfect or uh, even filled with a lot of robust um fervor was calm and as the man stood and and just dished the word he was talking about yearning in prayer and toiling in prayer and he used the story and i'd forgotten this one but the the great man of god finney when he was uh, speaking in the uk one day he stopped right early on in his message and he says i gotta stop he says i gotta stop i got nothing to say and everyone around him said what's up finney what's up And he said, I've got six children and none of them are following Jesus. And he said, I I must toil in prayer. And he toiled in prayer. And toiling in prayer isn't a striving in our own strength, as you're well aware of, but it is leaning into God and saying, God, you got to do what we can't do. And a lot of times, and the challenge, this was kind of took my breath away because the challenge was, are we willing to toil in prayer? And, and then he said, and Finney's six children all followed Jesus, but none of them until Finney was gone. And I thought, as we all were just breath taken from our lungs, I thought, isn't, isn't that the case, man? God's calling us to lean in. And it might be that we don't see the fruit of 
taking a knee before a holy God, humbling ourselves under his hand until we get to glory. We might see it this side, but it might not be until we get to heaven to be with God. And then we see the full picture unfold. But I know this, this little fire is not easily going to be put out. God is on the move, and there are people from all over the world descending here. My goodness, they saw uh, friends from Alaska that had been in Tennessee, and they sojourned up here to Kentucky, and and uh, just a sweet reunion with them. And there's other people from Chicagoland and Michigan and all around the globe descending here. Somewhere, estimates are somewhere between 20 and 35 Christian and college campus representatives have already been here. And they're taking back. They've been challenged by the student body here to take back these fires of revival with them and to lead those student bodies in prayer. Humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will lift us up. And that's what we need. We need God's hand under us as we place our lives in his and he will do it. And it is a joy to be reporting from the revival at Asbury University in Kentucky. Well, Carl, you're a blessing, brother, and I'm so grateful for you. I can just hear not only the joy behind you, the worship, the celebration, uh, as that 1,500-seat auditorium is packed and busloads of people are waiting outside what started as a simple chapel gathering, a weekly chapel gathering, not out of the ordinary, one that typically is an hour and then students go about their business, has now entered into its eighth day of 24-hour around-the-clock worship and seeking the Lord. And uh, now I hear also how God is working in your heart. Thank you, Carl. Friends, I wanted Carl to join us just so you could hear a little bit about something extraordinary. So often, uh, one of the greatest things in life is for us to know what God is up to in our present moment, to know how the Spirit is moving. So this is one of those ways. But what is the outcome of revival? I want to talk about that in the context of our discussion today. I'm being joined now by Pastor, Professor, Dr. Tyshawn Gardner. He currently serves as Associate Professor in the Biblical and Religious Studies Department and Director of the Pre-Ministerial Scholars Program at Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama, Love Sanford, Sanford there. He also is a senior pastor of Plum Grove Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama as well. Pastor Gardner, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm great. How are you, my friend? I am doing Thank well. You. I'm doing well. I'm so grateful that you joined. I, I kind of set up at the beginning before we went to our brother Carl out in Asbury just to hear about how this little revival is touching not only in this uh, s- small city of Wilmore, but literally rippling uh, across the country and beyond. But but it makes me think, I juxtapose this to what's happened in Michigan State, and I begin to think about your book, about uh, uh-huh. a book that you wrote called Social Crises Preaching, Biblical Proclamation right. for Troubled Times. And the question of the day for me is, and this is what I want those of you who are listening to chime in on at 877-LIVE-675, and that is, should the church, should pastors address 
social issues, social crises issues that are happening in your community? Should the church have a vision for engaging issues like human trafficking or predatory lending or, as I mentioned, gun violence or underperforming schools or abortion or so much more? You know, many, as you know, Pastor Gardner, have argued that this is uh, the social gospel, that it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it actually uh, is not the main focus of the gospel. The main focus of the gospel is simply to prepare souls for heaven uh, by preaching to men, repent and be saved, right? Others would say, no, that's a truncated view and vision of the gospel. Jesus calls us, yes, to repent and believe, but also he drives out the money changers. He challenges those who practice economic exploitation, he challenges child abuse and injustice. So let's go to your book quickly. Why did you write it? Yes, I wrote the book, uh, Chris, because there's often a gap uh, between uh, believers, God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christians, and uh, our voice to the most pressing uh, sensitive issues in our community, those and those issues are affecting the people in our pews. They are affecting other believers. So it arose from a hunger of seeing a myriad of social crises all over the country, but yet there were so many pulpits that were silent. Uh, I'm reminded of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail when that that letter was actually addressed to ministers, ministers who were silent on uh, the issues affecting other image bearers. So that gave me a catalyst, uh, so to speak, to write this very important book. And and I I should have asked, to whom did you write? And I think the answer is clear. You're, You're writing to those who have been tasked with the responsibility of proclaiming, preaching, pastoring a flock of people, shepherding them in the word. Is that right? That is so correct. And as I said to my preaching class on Friday, not only did I write to that specific audience, preachers and pastors, but I wrote specifically also for black and white pastors who really know that they should be addressing these issues from the pulpit but they don't know how they don't maybe they don't know how to move from text to sermon maybe yes. they don't know how to do it with uh and not be political because this book and this method is not embracing uh a political point of view it is biblical proclamation for troubled times so i wanted to really get write this book as a textbook for pastors who see the decay in our community, yes. but yet urged to to address it, but they just don't have a methodology, or maybe they don't have the words to do so. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You you know we're stepping into some thorny ground. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask some questions so that we can get it right, so that we can think biblically. You know who listens to this program that we want to make sure our feet are firmly planted in the gospel of Jesus Christ but also proclaiming to the culture the way of redemption. So I want you to stick and stay. We're going to have Tyshawn Gardner take us further. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come on Equip. 
As a dad, a friend, and a neighbor, I share your concerns over the growing problems in our culture. That's why on Equip, we tackle the tough issues, learning how to respond with grace and truth. We're looking for like-minded partners to stand with us. Would you be willing to become an Equipper today? In this role, you'll give a monthly donation to support the ministry of Equip. And as an Equipper, you'll receive insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Become an Equipper today by calling 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. 877-LIVE-675 is the number. 877-548-3675. My question today is, should pastors address the social issues that are plaguing our culture, the social crises that we see present in our community, or do you not want your pastors weighing in on those things? I want to hear from you on this. 877-548-3675. I have with me Dr. Tyshawn Gartner. He's a pastor as well as a professor. He's written a book, Two Pastors, encouraging us to engage from a gospel perspective in the social crises, issues that plague our community. The title of his book is Social Crises Preaching, Biblical Proclamation for Troubled Times. We're going to go to the phone lines now, uh, and then we'll go back to Dr. Gartner uh, Jared is listening in Kirkland, Indiana. Jared, how are you? What's your comment, brother? Hi, Chris. I'm doing well. Um, my comment is is I think we definitely should be getting involved in uh, social issues in our community. Um, if we don't get involved, it just leaves the devil an opportunity to get in and uh, do what he wants to do, which is create confusion and all sorts of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, wherever there is, and you've heard this before, the only thing that has to happen for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. I think so much of what you're saying is aligned with that. And uh, obviously the question then becomes, how do we do that in a biblically faithful way? Thank you, Jared, for calling. I appreciate your comment. I want to go back to Dr. Gartner. Dr. Gartner, what do you see in the ministry of Jesus? that um, Mm -hmm. informs how you uh, advise we address social crises issues? Yeah, so first and and foremost, uh, immediately what comes to mind is Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. But then next to that is also Matthew 25, where Jesus is leading by saying, I was hungry, and you gave me, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me, naked, and clothed me, sick, in prison, and you came to me. So in this way, Jesus is a continuation and the fulfillment of the prophetic uh, tradition of the Old Testament, but also he introduces us to a beautiful and redemptive love ethic, 
whereby we uh, apply the gospel, apply the good news in these very tangible ways that is most visible in human relationships with other image bearers. I really love the way uh, Jared said it, and I, I have this in my notes, because when the pulpit is not clear, we give permission to culture and politics to inform these issues. That's where the divide comes in. So when we are silent or when we are uh, biased, that's when we give uh, permission for Republicans and Democrats and Black Lives Matter and a lot of other uh, very, very uh, powerful and biased organizations and entities to inform us, and thus uh, there is no biblical grounding for where Christian and Christian ought to stand. I'm going to go back to the phone lines in just a moment, but I should have started here uh, with with the definition so that folks can who maybe are asking the question, well, what is social crises preaching? I know your definition is informed by such great thinkers as Kelly uh, Miller Smith Sr. and others, but but what would be a simple uh, working man's definition, if you will, of social crises preaching? Good. Social crisis preaching is biblically rooted, spirit-enabled proclamation that develops and drives congregations to compassionately care for and radically confront the social crises in the communities where their neighbors live, work, worship, and play. So it's discipleship-making, it's proclamation that shapes congregations to be aware of, be concerned about, but ultimately to do something about the crises where their neighbors live, work, worship, and play. So that's what social crisis preaching does and is. So when I hear you say that, I automatically think of Jesus's command that we are to love your neighbor as yourself. How does that play into your definition and understanding of social crises preaching? And what do you believe Jesus meant by that? I believe you're right, Chris. I believe that Jesus wants us to be concerned about image bearers. Uh, We are created in the image of God. We are the apple of God's eye. Uh, It is impossible, as we read in John, for us to say that we love God and not love our brother. Thus, and then we are informed by James that we cannot see our brother hungry and just say be well and do nothing about it. So I think you're right. Social crisis preaching is exactly Jesus' command to love our neighbor as ourselves. Quite often, and we see this in a lot of, uh, indeed, abortion is a a very horrible, heartbreaking sin. And uh, a lot of our brothers already do social crisis preaching, but it's, it's sort of limited to what's going on in their community. In my community, there's crime, there's poverty, there's police brutality, there's unclean drinking sure. water, places like Jackson and other places. And so we ought to speak to those issues as well, because those issues affect human flourishing and they affect the quality of life of image bearers. Now here's, here's where I think it gets thorny and I want to get into this 
there's a million mm-hmm. different issues. So how do I, as a pastor, prioritize? How do I define which issues I should weigh in on? How do I avoid the partisan pressure that is a part of every community? Because I've, I've preached in communities that are more left-leaning. I've preached in communities that are more right-leaning. And we do have different definitions of what issues we should be addressing. So I want to get to that. But let me go back to the phone lines. Chris is listening in Indiana. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment? Yeah, I think, thank you for taking my call. Um, and I'm glad you're talking about this. I think that definitely... Pastors should address social issues. Um, You know, we're here to represent Christ, and we're here to represent His message. And so the the issues that that come up should definitely be addressed so that we as Christians know the stand that we should take and, and what we should do, not just say, but do, you know, in response to those things. And I think especially... Um, politicians have really tried to um, take issues and politicize them wrongly. And so for the pastors to say, uh, to to address an issue, not from, quote-unquote, a Republican stance or a Democratic stance, but from a biblical stance, like what is the right thing here? What does God say about this? Not lumping it how the politicians are trying to do. In fact, I would say they should work to not do that, that this is not a Republican question or viewpoint or a Democratic question or viewpoint. This is a what's right viewpoint. And what does God say? Well, Chris, it sounds like you read Dr. Gardner's book already, but here's what we're going to do. I want you to stay online. I'd love to get you a copy for you to pass on to your pastor. Because one of the things that's happened in my life again and again are members of my flock or my congregation have given me books that's helped me to become a better pastor, a better preacher. So maybe, Chris, you can do that for your pastor. Don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So grateful for our friends and partners whose prayers and generosity really enable us to uh, broadcast every day across the country into Canada as well. We really do appreciate you. If you're new to the program, we hope that you are enjoying it and that you are benefiting from our guests and uh, resources. If you've been a part of listening to this program, Maybe you've listened and you've benefited and you have wanted an opportunity to support. Well, let me just tell you how to do that. Uh, We love your partnership in the gospel. It enables us, again, to impact your community with the good news of Jesus and to take on the tough issues of our culture with relevant and biblical answers. And so you can support the program either with a one-time gift or by becoming a monthly partner. Most monthly partners do it at a dollar a day, $30 a month. But you're welcome to do a one-time gift as well. All of it is tax deductible. So many benefits to come along with it. Uh, If you're a partner, 50% off all Moody Publish items. Also our Zoom webinars that we do quarterly on topics that are affecting our culture and community as well. And so much more. You who are giving an impact gift, that one-time gift, 
you receive our resource of the month, which uh, this month is a book by Sam Alberry. It's a relevant book. Is God anti-gay? And it takes up that question, and it is so compassionate but so biblical. It's subtitled, And Other Questions About Jesus, the Bible, and Sexuality. Really, really is a good resource. So if you'd like to support the program, dial this number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Today, my guest is Dr. Tyshawn Gardner. He's a pastor as well as a professor. He's written a book, Social Crises Preaching. It's for pastors to know how to give biblical proclamation for troubled times, to take on the social crises issues that are plaguing our communities. And he gives a great framework for doing that. So I wanted to have him on, but I also wanted to ask the tough and challenging questions. Should pastors weigh in on the social issues of our day? There's been some great calls, some great comments. I want to go to Kenneth in Ohio because Kenneth, I think, presents a, a caution, if you will. Kenneth, thank you so much for listening. What's your comment? Well, my my comment is, is if you... I think there's enough crises going on that if you try to address every crisis in your preaching, then your the crisis is leading more than the text is leading. And so I think if you preach the text, I do expository preaching through books of the Bible, and there's yes. many yeah. crises in, in, in every book of the Bible. So the text is leading as opposed to the crisis is leading. I love, I love, love, love what you said. And and let me just say, brother, you stay on the line. I want to get you a copy of uh, Dr. Gardner's book because I think you're going to find it uh, refreshing and uh, it's going to empower your preaching. But I'm an expository preacher as well. Currently, my church is going through 1 Timothy uh, and we're we're preaching through that. And you too encounter a ton. What do you say in reflection to our, our caller, Dr. Gardner? I think he is at right on. I think he's right on. In fact, uh, one of the sections in the book is is titled Social Crisis Preaching is Expository Preaching. And so uh, the caller uh, almost said verbatim what I say in the book. The, the Bible is written in a climate of social crisis. So if we know the world behind the text. We know the cultural, political, uh, uh, economic crises that, that is going on uh, in, in, at the time that the Bible is being written, read, and heard. And so, correctly, when we preach through Daniel, when we preach through Acts, when we preach through Joshua, there are social crises all the time. However, there are times in which a crisis is a crisis is so large in our community that it 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 calls for us to address it. I can remember uh, I took preaching with uh, Robert Smith Jr. at Beeson Divinity School, oh, I and love we were Dr. preaching. Smith. Through Oh, he's none greater. Uh, we're going through we're going through Romans, and he comes in to class one day, and he said, "What happens? You're pastoring a church, and you you have your nice series uh, in Romans laid out, and you know where you're going, 
every Sunday six uh, six months down the road, but nine eleven happened. Do you continue with your nice little series, or do you address the elephant in the room or the matter that's on everybody's mind? Because people are hurting, they're confused, and of course we know the obvious answer. But even in those times, the text must dictate and influence the proclamation. We cannot lead with uh, a George Floyd situation or a shooting situation. But when we preach the Bible, there are texts, specific texts, that lead to how Christians ought to uh, think, the ethic that we ought to embody, and the actions and behaviors that we want to take in light of these social crises. And you can do that from a biblical standpoint. That's why the book is carefully and intentionally noted, biblical proclamation for troubled times. So I I love what that caller just said. Those who are afraid or concerned that what we're talking about is the social gospel, I want you to address that concern. First, define it for those who may not know the historical concern around this conversation, define what you mean or what what that mm-hmm. term means, the social gospel. And then secondly, how is what you're talking about, social crises preaching, different? Because I believe it's distinct, but help people to understand. Right. So the social gospel movement was a particular movement that happened in the late 19th and early 20th century uh, where – uh, a lot of the, a lot of the social gospel movement was a response to the uh, fundamentalist and the modernist controversy, but moreover, it was also a response to uh, what industrialization had done to uh, uh, large cities. Uh, people were uh, out of out of jobs, and thus there was this there was this m- mode of thinking that the gospel needed to focus on social programs and the sin that was uh, inherent in social systems. So the social gospel is a hermeneutic, but it is also an epistemological uh, dynamic whereby it begins at a certain point. The God, my, my argument in social crisis preaching does not do that. So there are certain tenets that the social gospel um, uh, even denies. Like there are there are certain extreme there are certain extreme proponents of the social gospel that may even deny the incarnation. That may, uh, at worst, but uh, at at best, I guess you could say they don't emphasize these very important fun fundamental Christian theologies and doctrines. Well, social crisis preaching is linked to the grand themes of the Bible, creationism, the incarnation. If Jesus is the Son of God, God in the flesh, how might knowing that influence my behavior? So the social gospel does not start from that point. It starts with a a focus on social systems. I argue that no matter you can you can have all the social systems in the world pass all the legislation and laws in the world if 
men and women are not regenerated by acknowledging, embracing, and accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then that's when we lean toward or we're gravitating to the very dangerous waters of social gospel. So there is no social uh, dressing, anything social, until we emphasize, uh, to, to say it simply, you must be born again. So that's the distinction and the difference between social crisis preaching and the social gospel. Social crisis preaching is not the social gospel. Friends, I want to uh, just say that what Dr. Gardner gets to in this book is not only uh, a persuasive argument of why we should address the social crises of our day, again, like human trafficking, like predatory lending or gun violence or underperforming public schools or persistent poverty or exploitation or unclean water. You just name the issues. Um but he also gives a framework for how we can do it. Let me ask a quick question because we are up against a break. So I'll give you about a minute or two to respond to this one. But there are a myriad of issues. And there's also a tremendous amount of political and partisan pressure in every community um, that uh, will prioritize some issues over others, even at times at the denial or expense of others. So for the pastor who is... Um, who is in the context of these of this cultural reality? How do you recommend the social issues that need to be addressed are identified and prioritized? Good question. Real quick, first, I I don't want to underestimate the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Uh, there are congregational needs that I think take a priority. There are communal needs that are priorities. So social crisis preaching is is very contextual. Uh, the needs here in Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, Alabama, the social crises here may not be those in South Dakota. But on the flip side of that, there are also global and national crises that demand our attention that affect us as the body of Christ in America very specifically. So I give priority to those things, those social crises that affect my congregation and my immediate neighbor, wherever that is, whatever community that is. But then also, and I, and I say this very passionately and strongly, and in any kind of preaching, the, we have to be under the influence and the dictates of the Spirit of God. You know, it's so good to know that ultimately it's the Spirit of God that leads us. And also the the fact that, as we said earlier, um, when we embrace a faithful teaching, expository preaching approach to teaching through the text of Scripture, and for those who may not know, what expository preaching is, uh, I would just say a simple definition is a line by line, verse by verse, teaching through a particular section of scripture, be it a particular book or a particular chapter of scripture, and letting the text di- dictate not only the main or big idea, but the sub points as well, all of it coming from the text. When we preach that way, 
we encounter all of it because all of it is in the scriptures, isn't it, Doctor Gardner? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, everything correct. we do, we deal with today, as Scripture says, nothing new under the sun. So all of the legal injustices, all of the uh, financial or economic exploitation, all of the isms, if you will, um, from sexism to racism to classism, all of those things are present and addressed in Scripture. So if we are faithfully teaching through Scripture, maybe one of the things that we can say is to pastors, here's our simple advice. Just don't skip the tough part. Don't skip the the text when it comes up. And and here you are standing before your people, and uh, the Bible gives uh, a stern challenge, correction, or rebuke. It's easy to want to opt out those passages, but God didn't give us a bottle of whiteout when he gave us the word of God. We got to preach the whole counsel of God. When we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Gartner a simple question. Is the gospel sufficient for our social issues, our social crises? Such a joy to have Dr. Tyshawn Gartner with us today. We're going to be taking your questions as well. Social media is available to you as always. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We love for you to consider being a friend and partner. Maybe we can get uh, five of you to say, I'll give a gift today, whatever the amount. In particular, if you've never given before, large or small, can you stand with us? 888-644-4144, equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, you may have recently heard me promoting our next program or even asking you to become a monthly partner. Folks that we call equippers. But today I want to invite you to join something infinitely more important. Would you consider joining the family of God? You know, it may be possible that you've been listening to us talk about the Bible and the Christian life, but you've never really met Jesus personally. He longs to welcome you into his family and have a close relationship with you. You can surrender your life to him, accept his forgiveness and start Start your journey with Jesus right now. I'd love to help you to take that first step. All you have to do is give me a call at 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Today, we're talking to Dr. Tyshawn Gardner. It's been such a joy to just highlight um, a book that I think is long overdue, Social Crises Preaching. There's always the pressure to preach on the social issues of our day, but not everyone's doing it right. And um, if you're going to do it right, you have to do it with a, uh, an open Bible, your feet firmly planted in the gospel, guided by the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite chapters is chapter three, where he walks you through designing the sermon at its uh, core. This book is a homiletic book. It's a book on preaching. So it's a book for pastors in many ways. But don't you uh, close your ears if you're not a pastor, because I will say this, that one of the greatest gifts that God has given to me are men and women who are part of uh, my church who pray for me, who also occasionally uh, come to me uh, both to encourage and to uh, pass along resources that can help me to be a better uh, preacher and pastor. Uh, So such is the case with this great book. I encourage you, go to our website, order your copy of Social Crises Preaching. If you are a pastor, use it. 
If you're not a pastor, pass it on to a pastor or a preacher you know. It will be an immense gift in their life. Uh, Dr. Gartner, can you answer this question? Is the gospel sufficient? That's a resounding yes, a resounding yes. The gospel is sufficient because the gospel does not dichotomize human relationship from uh, uh, the atoning sacrifice of Christ. So uh, contrary to popular belief sometimes, the Bible does not teach that our relational dynamics with one another are separate from the gospel or a distraction from the gospel or a lower priority than the gospel. So the gospel is sufficient when we preach the gospel. And might I add, Chris, one, uh, I try to do this in the book as well. Social crisis preaching is is also about courage. Uh, we have to, when we know that God has called us and empowered us through the, the person and power of the Holy Spirit, this lends itself to obedience, to clearly seeking the source of social crisis preaching, and that is the Bible. But it also gives us the strength, the power, most, most importantly, the love to address whatever social crises that may be, even when we know that there are congregations that may feel a certain way or take a certain position. But God has called us to be heralds of the gospel, and that we must be in the power of the Holy Spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. The motivation for social crises preaching is love, love of God, love of neighbor. And as a result of that, it gives us courage to be able to take on the tough issues of our day, not from a partisan perspective, but from a deeply gospel-centric perspective, being able to address mobilize and impact the world, the community that we live in. Dr. Gardner, you have been a blessing being with me. I recognize an hour flies by fast and that we just just begin to scratch the surface. I don't want our listeners to think that we exhausted the topic by any means, but I also want folks to know that the book is approachable. It's accessible. It's not a book that feels so distant that only a small few can read it. So uh, get your copy, and let me say thank you, Dr. Gardner, for carving out time to be with me for the great work you do at Samford University and also uh, for pastoring as well. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, Chris, and thank you for the good people at Broughton Holman Academic and all of your wonderful listeners. I really appreciate the work that you do, Chris. Thank you. The, The book is Social Crises Preaching. Subtitle, Biblical Proclamation for Troubled Times. Every day we cut on the news, it is no shortage of issues that are happening in our society. But how do we address them? Biblically, faithfully, gospel-centered, calling men to repent, to be saved, but also calling the church to be a prophetic voice in our community. This book helps to provide uh, steps for us to walk in. So I encourage you to check it out. Also encourage you to partner with us. Go to our website, equipradio.org or doll 888-644-4144. Until we're together again next time, as always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, from earthquakes to the rise of sin in our culture, many are asking, are we in the end times? Author and professor Charlie Dyer joins me to discuss current and future events in light of biblical prophecy. Don't miss this practical look at end time prophecy on the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.